Welcome to the Limitless Level Podcast. My name is Brendan Kearney, and each week I'll bring to you insights, tips, and strategies on developing your mindset, fitness performance, and your well-being. It is my mission to empower others to step into their potential and own their lives. I believe self-awareness is the key to self-mastery, and when you master yourself, you can master any area of your life. Well, welcome back. It is Friday. Hope everyone is having a great week. All right, on this episode, we are going into some lessons on parenthood uh, that I'm going to be sharing, not for myself, but a special guest that I have with me on today's show. Um, His name is Michael Larson. And Michael Hales from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um, he is a father, so get some credibility right there on parenting. Uh, but he has been involved in social services for a long time, since 2006 now. So he's got a lot of experience in working with uh, teenagers specifically and working with uh, troubled teens. So he's very experienced in working with teenagers, but also helping parents. And he's working on his empowered parenting program, where he uh, teaches parents how to better communicate with their kids. Um, He's also done a lot of personal development and really worked on himself to become a better version of himself and be a better service in his uh, parenting role and everything else that he's doing right now. Anyways, so welcome, Mike. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Brendan. I appreciate you having me and thank you for that warm introduction. All right, Mike, uh, we're going to start this off by asking a few quick questions just to uh, get the ball rolling. And uh, so people get to know you. So first of all, um, what inspires you most right now in your life? Um, that um, I feel like I'm on a mission and my mission is uh, growing. Um, every day I seem to meet, uh, you know, someone new or multiple people um, that um, align with similar ideas of how do we, how do we uh, spread positivity? How do we help people who need help? How do we uh, look at the world and um, try to spread love, try to spread peace? So yeah, I, I'm inspired right now that um, I don't feel alone. I feel like there is a large group of people from all over the world um, that are similar to me who are thinking, hey, how do I apply what I know and help others? And how do we make this world uh, you know, a bit of an easier place for us all to live in, in peace and harmony? Awesome, Michael. So what's one thing you're grateful for today? Uh, I'm grateful for uh, Zoom, for this technology. Uh, and without this technology, I don't know where I'd be because this last year since the pandemic, it's, it's all I use. And I've connected with someone like yourself, uh, connect to my clients, I connect to family, friends, you name it. And uh, I'm really surprised at how good it feels to connect through technology. I, obviously, face-to-face is the way to go, but this has been all right. So I'm grateful for uh, this technology. I can totally agree with that because that's been my experience. I love this technology right now, leveraging Zoom, it's next to 
social face-to-face -face interaction in my opinion it's it's just been very awesome because like mm -hmm. you say we can communicate with people across the world now with this you know so yes grateful for that too myself every day so three fun facts about yourself uh they could be a quirk or a superpower just off the top of your head um my superpower is uh connecting with uh with youth with young people uh, i'm just really good really good at it it comes second nature at this point uh and so that's like my superpower which helps me in my everyday life personally and professionally uh a, a quirk about myself is uh i really like wrestling uh and most people would be surprised by that but uh, like wrestling is something i've liked since a kid and it's something i still watch as an adult and i think uh, i think we all have need something that's kind of uh mindless where like where i watch wrestling i don't think about anything else and my mind just turns off and i'm just watching these wrestlers and thinking back to other wrestlers and it's something that just kind of settles me down like in a mindful kind of way so it's kind of cool yeah michael we're we're both we're at the same age i believe we're born in the same year so yeah Wrestling was a huge thing for me too. Big fan of it in the early nineties and even into early two thousands. Uh, we saw the progression of that. Like we'd all, me and my brother would always watch wrestling. We'd always rent movies from the local mm -hmm. um, store and watch them. And it was just so fun. We'd have our wrestling, we'd have our kid wrestling matches and oh yeah, it got, too, eh? we were right into it. So just out of curiosity then what, is your favorite wrestler of all time? Of all time, um, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, I'd have to say, because um, he was, when I was about 13, back in the 90s, that was uh, when I was really big into it. That was my guy. That was my favorite guy. And then now it's cool because he's uh, gone on to Hollywood. And and as I see him as this, you know, on social media, like he seems like, you know, in real life, just like, like a good dude. So it's kind of neat that, uh, you know, that I followed him and he's my favorite wrestler. Then now I've seen him grow into this completely different uh, line of work. So it's been neat. Yeah, I was a big fan of The Rock myself uh, in this, about 20 years ago is when he was really big and popular. Yeah. My, I'd have to say my all, my all time favorite is the ultimate warrior. I just good. loved how he came running down the aisle and just shaking those ropes like freaking crazy. <laughs> Just a ball of just fury. Right, just right wired. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, they're, they are amazing actors and, and, and definitely they are skilled athletes. All of them. Anyways, I, we could make this a show on wrestling, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, going off tangent, but uh, back on track here. So just share a bit about your upbringing then, um, you know, where you came from uh, growing up, some of the challenges that you faced uh, as a teenager and uh, just what led you to um, your mission now? Yeah. So when I look back at, at my childhood, I grew up in a small town, uh, a thousand people. So like a tiny town, tiny school, everybody kind of knew everybody. Um, I had very supportive and loving parents, parents who loved each other, who stayed together. And I had two siblings. And we uh, really, into, I was really into hockey and sports. I remember my most of my childhood was spent, you know, playing hockey or on the road, and just always, you know, outside of school, just playing hockey. That's what I remember. And then um, the other thing that kind of stands out to me, and I didn't realize at the time, was that 
in this community, there was a lot of uh, kind of uh, toxic mas masculinity. Um, a lot of uh, boys shouldn't cry. Uh, you know, what a man should be tough, not show emotions, uh, you know, sports and stuff. Fighting was like, you know, almost tolerated. Uh, in the school setting, I remember thinking back, it was almost like you were either a bully or you're going to be bullied. It seemed like there was there was no in between. Uh, and I, when I look back, and I you know I made a lot of mistakes as a kid, but I, when I look back, what I was basically doing was trying to tell people that I was uh, sad or I was upset. I didn't know how to deal with my emotions, uh, so I'd end up in schoolyard fights or yelling and in, into trouble essentially, and then kind of labeled as a a bad kid. Um, but meanwhile. Uh, all I was looking for was some some guidance, some support, some help around emotions. So then when I, when I think about that, I always thought to myself as we got older that this doesn't feel right. And am I the only one that sees this? Am I the only one that sees that there's a lot of people drinking beer? There's a lot of people uh, using drugs. There's a lot of people doing this and that to kind of uh, escape reality and not have like, uh, you know, comfortable conversations about emotions. So, yeah. And then uh, fast forward to 18, my grandma died. And I was close to her and that really shook me. I didn't know how to make sense of that. It was the first time someone close to me had died other than my grandpa when I was nine, but that didn't really affect me. And um, I just didn't feel that good about it after. And no one was really saying too much to me other than, you know, life goes on, you got to move on. But uh, yeah, I ended up coping uh, negatively, drugs and alcohol, partying. And then fast forward, I, I moved to Winnipeg where I am now to go to school. And, you know, that was a good decision because it kind of separated me a bit. From that and uh, then I got a job uh, in a group home when I was in university with youth with male youth who were in it that couldn't live at home and that's when it all pieced together that I realized this aha moment in my early 20s that I wasn't the only one who uh, felt that way as, as a young male who felt that uh, you know crying you couldn't cry and that so you fight or you get into trouble or this or that and I seen all these youth and then I realized that I needed to uh, explore this for myself, uh, for other people. And that set me on my journey. Um, and then from that point on for the last 15 years, I've done everything I can to research, read, educate myself about human behavior, about uh, you know youth, children, parents, families, parents, you name it. And just trying to connect the dots in terms of what kind of path we end up on and why. And I've concluded that it's uh, a lot of it is trauma and emotional pain and people don't know how to deal with it in a healthy way. So that's what that's uh i won't i could go on and on but that's in a nutshell kind of my path that led me to where i'm at today and what i'm doing now yeah i can totally relate to that myself because um growing up i felt the same way right didn't know how to deal with my emotions and i was always the the, the shy timid kid so i was you know being more bullied than mm -hmm. i was the bully ever so but we all deal whether you're the bully or the one that's being bullied it's when you grow up it's either party just does not know how to handle their emotions and they're all we're all dealing with insecurities and yeah. i could just imagine with your story you just didn't know how to express yourself and and because of it you didn't know how to communicate effectively and it just led to a lot of a lot of problems but with those problems you you learn experience so you can't really go wrong with experience the experience um mm -hmm. so long as you learn to to be better and uh, obviously it's shaped you into the man you are now and uh, you know you're you're uh, you're a better father and just a better person um and a better coach for for other parents and so yeah just um share a little bit about your 
program, uh, Empowered Parenting, and uh, what it is you do in that. Yeah, so for the last uh, year, uh, I've been focused on, I, you know, I'm a counselor at heart. I've been counseling for years, but also I've kind of combined that with coaching. Um, and and, and I, what I have is a program to, to teach parents how to effectively parent. Um, essentially, I have 12 weeks worth of material that I send one week at a time um, that covered, it's, it's, it's what it turned into was a giant parent book. Like it, it could easily be turned into a book if I want to go that direction, but it's hundreds of, hundred over a hundred pages of just stuff in terms of how to communicate, how to discipline, how to, how to teachers, if you're someone like myself who grew up with not too much knowledge of emotions and emotional intelligence, how do we learn emotional intelligence as parents? How do, and then how do we teach that to our children? And then, you know, the, the brain, how does the brain work? Child, you know, brain development, what to expect at certain stages and how to connect a parenting style. So it, it is just everything I could think of that someone would have to kind of go through a process to, to realize what kind of a foundation do they want as a parent? Because uh, to me, if it, often as parents, it's emotions that take over, that get them into, into trouble because it's really emotional when, you're, when your child, because it triggers you and it makes you think of yourself and you feel inadequate or you feel your childhood stuff coming up or you're stressed out and your child just isn't listening. So the idea is that um, when we enter situations with a plan, in place as, as a parent and we have something to fall back on we can avoid yelling we can avoid punishing out of anger we can avoid avoid being guilty and giving stuff or buying stuff because we feel bad and we can stay consistent and have a consistent message for our children of what the boundaries are what the expectations are and work as a team and yes we're, we're humans and, we're, and nobody's perfect myself on a regular basis i have to remind myself of these practices to make sure i'm effectively parenting and not emotionally parenting um, so yeah, that's the idea is that I, so I meet with someone once a week to coach them, to counsel them to, on what's going on currently, if there's a crisis and this and that, and also to go over this material and to equip them moving forward for any challenge that comes at them. I also work with um, children th throughout the 12 weeks too. Let's say someone has a 12 year old, I'll, I'll work with the parent for a couple of weeks, then I'll work with the child. And what's amazing about that and what I'm finding is that my vision's coming true is you work with the parent and the parent leads the way and the child sees the parent making changes, the child is more prone to make changes as well and say, hey, whoa, thank you for saying you're not perfect and that this isn't all my fault. And then all of a sudden the parent and child, are, I get them to realize the problems and issues, it isn't a bad parent, it isn't a bad kid. It's just problems and issues that you gotta work together um, to solve. And then eventually sometimes the family will come together and I'll work with the, the family together and help them like a mediator help them talk about this stuff that's in the past that they got to unload. Maybe you know, both sides are holding grudges oftentimes, right? And when, they, when they're talking about a situation, it's like, well, you did this a year ago. You did this two years ago. And I'm there to tell people, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, let's focus on the present and let's focus about moving forward. So that's my program. It's an idea of empowering parenting parents to realize that they have more control than they realize. Yes, life can get hectic. But when we really focus on what we can control, and we realize there's a lot of stuff that we got to put in that uncontrollable column um, and we focus on parenting ourselves. That's when we become better parents for our children about being role models and leading the way because uh, children watch more than they listen. So they, they will watch you and see how you kind of operate and what kind of all that <laughs> parents. That's to me, that's what it's, what it's all about. I really like this. Uh, I really like this, Mike. <laughs> 
what you what you're doing is a unique approach is that you are meeting with the parent but also the child and what that's going to help them do is bring them on the same page and bridge them in the in the middle where yes the parent is humble enough to admit they're not always right and obviously they they know or else they wouldn't seek out coaching mm -hmm. so but it also helps obviously the um empower the the child and also want to you know do what's best for them instead mm -hmm. of you know, misbehave and get themselves in trouble. And so where do you think mostly the rebellion, the rebelliousness comes from uh, in a child? Well, to me, behavior, so is communication. A child's behavior is telling you without telling you with words that maybe they are angry, uh, maybe they are sad. Maybe they are uh, feel betrayed. Maybe they are feeling overwhelmed. You know, the list goes on. Um, and from a young age all the way up to the teenage years, that is what behavior is. It's um, communication. Um, to me, behavior is not random. There's always a why. Um, it might take a little while to figure out for that person and the parent, what is that why? But there's always a root cause. And behavior is just a symptom of how that person's doing. So, so as a parent, um, if you separate the behavior from the child, you're going to have success. But when you attack the person, like, what's wrong with you? How dare you do that? Wow, I'm, I'm disgusted with that. I, I can't believe you, you're disrespectful like that. I'm so disappointed in you. When you go down that road, what that is, is that's blame, that's shame. And they, the child internalizes that, that they're a bad kid or a bad person. So when we step back as a parent and realize that we're not perfect, we make mistakes every day. So why are we holding our child to this higher expectation? So that's where the, the rebellion comes in because kids typically when they're younger, they'll just take it from their parents because they're small and they're little and they, their brain's just developing. But as they enter about 10 years old and around that age, they automatically are bigger, stronger, they want independent. And then all of a sudden they're telling the parent, no, I'm not doing that. I don't care what you do to me. And then the parent overreacts. Well, I'll ground you longer. I'll take this away. The kid swears you, whatever else. And then there's a, such a, a harm to that parent-child relationship that the child doesn't feel safe at home because the parents, they're either scared the parent's going to yell at them or they're going to do this. And then the child ends up wanting to spend all their time around peers, which is normal anyways. That's a healthy development, but they just don't want to be at home. So they do everything they, they, they can to not be at home. The parent takes it personally. How dare you abandon me? How dare you not spend at home? I brought you into this world. I spend money on you. I give you this. I give you that. And it just becomes this giant power struggle where the parent and the child are just fighting because both of them are in that stress response of uh, fight, flight, or freeze, where you're in the, that emotional brain. And when we're emotional, um, we don't get anywhere. Uh, I, I, and you can think about yourself for me, like any interaction I've had with somebody, if it's gonna, if it comes to a resolution, both sides control their emotions, they express it, but then they come, they talk about it. So that's the only way a parent and child can resolve these issues is get it out there and you know, get it on the table and work through it. But too often 
it becomes this long lasting grudge and it lasts for five, six years or longer. That totally makes sense. And it's not just the child that rebels, but it's also the parent. Yeah. They just do it in a, in a different way, but it's still a display of uh, what I would believe is just insecurity. They're, they're afraid. Like you said, I raised you, I did all this, I fed you, I, I provided for you, supported you and all this stuff. And then you, you know, you're disobeying me. That would definitely hurt a parent, definitely. So when it comes to uh, privileges and disciplining a child and, you know, a lot of parents are big into, I'm going to take away your phone or I'm going to take away your Xbox or um, you can't go out and socialize with friends, uh, you know, all these grounded, you know, um, things that we get, you know, all these privileges we get taken away from us as a child. We've all experienced them as a child. Yeah. I mean, but they're in different, they're just in different forms now, but it's still the same thing. It's, it's, uh, to me, it's kind of like a threat that I don't think promotes any better, better behavior or disciplines the child at all. Does it? Yeah, no, it, it doesn't. Um, and it's, you know, there's, there's been a shift um, in parenting and there's a lot of people I've met them that are looking for to do it differently than what their parents did to them. Um, but there's still a lot of people hanging on to these, this old parenting style of that discipline is um, punishment. That, but to me, that is not what discipline is. If we look up the definition, it's disciple. Disciple, you're teaching. So what is discipline? You're teaching your child something. So if your child's behavior is something that's not acceptable or inappropriate, well, you got to help them learn the skills that they need to, to choose a different behavior. Um, if your child's, if you've never sat down with your child and you know, it taught them about how emotions work, how the stress response works, how to effectively communicate, how to uh, you know, pause and reflect and how to get along, how are they going to know this? They're not going to know it. Um, you need to teach these skills. Um, and so you're, you're essentially teaching self-discipline. So what happens with, a, with this model you just described of this punishing, uh, I'm bigger, I'm stronger, it's my house, I can do this. It, you're essentially teaching them that your child, whoever's bigger and stronger, gets to make the choices because they're just bigger and stronger. They have the money. So what happens as this, this child gets older, when they enter a relationship with somebody, they, they don't know how to be in a healthy relationship because it's power dynamic. And well, I, I get, well, I'm bigger and stronger. You have the money. And people, that, they don't have the skills to communicate or to have conflict resolution because they were never taught it as a child. They were just taught, if you listen, I'll get you this. If you don't, your stuff's been taken away. So to me, it is very ineffective. Um, it raises children with the inability to have the skills that they need. Um, and sometimes you have the kids too who, oh, they're so well-behaved, they never act out. And that's just as harmful as kids that are acting out because you're raising someone to be a people pleaser, to, to, to think that the parent's love is conditional and if I step out of line, my parents going to, you know, be mad at me or they're not going to love me. So I'm going to get the best marks I can get. I'm going to get win everything I can win. And that'll keep my parent happy. And that is very unhealthy. So as a parent, we got to, we got to think, what, what do we want? Like when our child gets older and they, and our child reflects back on their childhood, what do they, we want them to reflect back on that we 
controlled them, that we dominated them, that we made them do things or else? Or do we want them to think back and be like, hey, my parent really listened to me, was really there to support me. And no matter what I did, no matter what mistake I made, they were there to help me pick me back up, to help me, to give me some ideas, give me some perspective. They listened to me and they taught me some skills. And when I ran into challenges and my parent didn't know the answer, my parent went out and educated themselves and they got those skills. And then we worked on it together. And to me, that, that is just a healthy relationship. Um, and that's how we get along in a parent-child relationship, in a romantic relationship, in a friendship, in a workplace, you name it. It's relationship skills and it starts in the home. The only place a child's gonna learn relationship skills for those first you know, X amount of years is in the home from what you're teaching them or what they're witnessing. And that's what they're taking into school. That's what they're taking into their sports or their hobbies or their interactions online, you name it, is what you set them up with. Uh, so yeah, discipline is teaching. And to me, we don't take it personally as a parent because all we look at it is, okay, we got to work on something here. Yeah, that totally yeah. makes sense. And what comes to mind for me is emotional discipline. We don't really get over it uh, just because we grow up into adulthood, per se. I know when you're a child, it's normal to kick and scream and do your kitty fit. But we do that as adults if we are not emotionally disciplined ourselves. Yep. And the greatest example you can set for a kid, well, is you, is display of your behavior, right? Yep. So it's not what you tell the kid or teach the kid verbally, but it's your behavior that that child is going to model more than anything else. So if a parent is incongruent with their message and behavior, then that's the thing they got to work on. So is that something you help them work through as well as a parent? Yeah, in my program, that's a big focus of it. And when people have a call with me, I let them know before they sign up, hey, like this program is going to require some work on your behalf. If you want to get the results that I know that you'll get, you got to be willing to put the work in on yourself. You got to be willing to get uncomfortable. Uh, you got to get willing to let me help you uncover your triggers and, and figure out why is that so triggering? And why do you lose yourself in that moment to emotions? And why do you keep repeating that? Even though you, at nighttime, you say, okay, tomorrow, I'm not going to do that again. Tomorrow, I'm not going to, tomorrow. And why does it happen again? And helping people realize that uh, we're, we're often on auto, autopilot in terms of behavior. We're just doing what we always did and, and helping someone understand that change is hard. And that's why when people make new, new year's resolutions about a weekend, there a lot of people are bailing on them um, because change is difficult. So when I work with people, I say, Hey, this is going to be hard. I got you. We're going to get through it. It's going to be a roller coaster. But by the end of the 12 weeks, uh, you'll be in a lot better place than you were. And moving forward, um, you will continually have to work on yourself. Nobody's ever just finished. If it's parenting yourself to film anything, we're, we're constantly learning. But that's what it's about is I help people go into themselves in, in a controlled way and unpack some stuff and help them realize what's interfering in their parenting. And most of it's what we just talked about too, these, these beliefs and help them understand that they're not a bad parent or they're just, it's just they didn't, they didn't know any better. So we can't do better until we know better. And just helping them realize, that, you know, hit a reset button what happened in the past happened in the past. 
don't beat yourself up anymore and just try to be the best version you can every day of yourself and the best version of a parent you can be. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. I like that. So when you're the best version of yourself, you're being the greatest example as a parent and that just ripples off into the whole family dynamic and the child just feels obviously would feel a lot more comfortable, safe at home, and definitely a lot more confident in the parent, but also themselves. Uh, I think there's a lot of guilt issues when it comes to the parent, but also the child, I'm sure, right? The, the child experiences disease guilt when they're yelled at and they did something wrong. They got in trouble. They feel like they're a bad kid and they're not good enough. And and especially if they're not doing good in school or, you know, they're picked on at school, whatever it is. But when it comes to parenting, um, that can definitely impact a child, but th the parent can experience the same thing too. Like you say, um, just seeing the kid's behavior, they might um, make that about them and say they must be a bad parent. And so it's not about dwelling in that and saying, I'm a bad parent, I'm no good, but if they can step up and say, Hey, you know what? I think I need help in this area. And then it just sounds like that's when they're open to uh, coaching, like yeah. someone like yourself that has that. And, the, and the, thing, the thing is, I don't know why or where it happened where we all assumed that we would just be these effective parents when none of us went to school. Not, you know, you go to school for everything else. You got to get a license. You got to get training for everything else you can think of in this world. Except for, to me, the, the hardest thing or the most important thing is when you bring another human into this world and you're responsible for it. We don't get taught that. And that's what I tell people. It's like, I don't know where we just assume that we'd all just be excellent parents. It's impossible. And like with yourself, with what you do in terms of self-development and stuff, we don't know how to do something unless we go out and educate ourselves and or else find somebody who has spent, like myself, all many thousands of hours, years, doing this and and just so with parenting I don't know what it is and I'm hoping there'll be a shift where people realize how could you parent effectively without being taught or learning through books or education just like anything else we're taught and learn so I'm hoping that'll be the biggest shift moving forward is we should all get parenting education just like with mental health we should all be investing in mental health and getting mental health support in our society too often I, that we wait until our problems are so huge before we try to do something about it. And we have this drive-through culture where we want this quick fix or this pill or this or that. So we can, but it's like, whoa, whoa, people, we gotta, we gotta realize that it's not that easy, that we gotta, we gotta slow things down and we gotta put the work in. And so it's just like anything. So hopefully with parents, that's what I'm hoping is people realize that it should be just second nature to go out and work with a parenting expert. It's definitely, uh, definitely an, an investment when you um, work on yourself and really invest in, in yourself, you just become the greatest of service to anyone. Um, not just being a parent, definitely. Uh, I can totally see that. Now, going back to your conversation or what you're sharing earlier about the bullying movement so to speak i mean yes it's it's very excessive and you know it shouldn't be tolerated however 
do you think there is an excessive anti-bullying movement that are, that is um, kind of teaching children to be overly sensitive and there's too much sensitivity in men now and that maybe parents are becoming like overly cautious and obsessed about worrying about you know hurting their kids that they're too nice and then that start doesn't that just stir into more trouble is like being or can you read just you're trying to ask if it's overly worried about uh stuff does that help or like in terms of the bullying is there too much of a focus on it is that what you're wondering so the idea of parenting is you know we're you try to be you know less aggressive so to speak there's an over aggression um and 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 you know coming from bullying and that can come in with you know maybe what's going on with child and parent it's deemed I, I guess growing up that things were just so hard right we had you know we we hear the stories about you know our parents and grandparents like well i got the wrist i got the strap and i yeah you guys got it so easy these days you you know what i mean and then like do you feel that maybe there is an overemphasis on the anti-bullying movement that makes kids too sensitive and maybe teaches um, parent parenting to be overly that's overly sensitive do you find that uh, um, an issue in in today's world um i don't um because i i hear too much um out there as a common theme that it's a tough world so we got to raise tough kids um it's a tough world so we got to raise them to be tough to me I don't understand that concept because if we all raised our children to have empathy, compassion, listening skills, uh, communication skills, the world wouldn't be that tough. We wouldn't have to be hard anymore. Um, and too long, I've heard that for too long that, well, you know, you can't, you know, they'll be too sensitive. And to me, uh, how, how, how can you grade if someone's too sensitive or not? If, if somebody's feelings are hurt, or if somebody's upset by something, they need to express that. But sometimes what happens in a school setting is that that child may have had a bunch of stuff that happened the night before at home or that week. And then one kid says something and that one comment is just that tipping point. So it doesn't necessarily mean that one kid and that one comment is the problem. The problem is deeper than that with, with that individual. Then what, you know, how, you know, why would, why were they so hurt by that comment? Or why did they read into it that it was intentional to be mean or bullying because to me bullying is a continuous act it's somebody going out, out of their way on a regular basis to pick on you to put you down or a group of people or keep you away from social stuff activities to me uh sometimes kids and i worked in a school for a couple of years oh you know, mr larson mr larson that kid was just bullying me and it, but it's an isolated incident so i'd help them understand that there's a difference between going out of your way on a daily basis to bully someone and somebody just being in a bad mood and taking it out on somebody um, so helping children to me was helping both sides understand, well, you know, you sh that person shouldn't have said that to you. And then that other person going to them and being like, Hey, why did you say that? And helping both sides, not just, you know, shunning the bullies, you know, and to me, an anti-bully is somebody raising our kids to recognize what bullying is, uh, what they can do in terms of, uh, standing up for themselves and how can we 
that that bully needs help. Um, they don't need everyone in the class to shame them or the school to suspend them for like two weeks. Some, you know, obviously things need to happen, but that's a sign that that person needs help as well. So that I don't know if I answered your question, but that's just my thoughts on uh, kind of the anti-bully movement and that and this and that. Um, and in terms of the parenting, yeah, we don't. A lot of people when they hear my stuff, they assume that I just let my kids do whatever they want, and it's just willy nilly here, and it's like free range parenting. And they, but no, it's there's boundaries still, there's expectations still. I just don't enforce those boundaries and expectations through yelling or punishing. I enforce them through conversation. Um, and fortunately for me, my children at a young age have a really good understanding of how to communicate and and emotions. And they say to me, "Hey, Dad, are you are you a little bit are you in your little brain? Are you stressed?" And a lot of parents would be triggered by that, but I, I, that makes me happy. That's what I want because then they have empathy. They understand when my dad is stressed about stuff, which he's allowed to be, maybe I got to take it easy that day, right? Maybe that's not the day where I got to push the envelope. And that's how we teach our children empathy in that. So yeah, I definitely believe in structure and boundaries and, and you know, the parents are the leaders. So yeah, that to me, we don't, we can't go from one extreme to the other in anything. And that's often what we do as humans. There's a big middle ground all the time in any area. I like this. There's no black and white and there yeah. shouldn't be, there should be that gray area. That's the, it's the middle ground. That is the secret. Uh, yeah. I totally agree. You did sum this up well. So yes, the, the uh, thinking of, of children, you have the bullies and it's not about punishing the bullies and telling them they're wrong, but it's helping them unravel. What are their, what's in, you know, what, are they struggling with inside what they might be fearful of something and actually most likely they are fearful of something because any negative emotion from what I've come to learn is driven by fear. Um, and it just, fear just stems into, you know, anger, rebelliousness. It's all, it's all, it's rooted in fear, but the, the, um, the sensitive kid, the timid kid, like I was growing up, um, I experienced a lot of fear, fear of getting picked on, being bullied, right? But yeah. very insecure, felt, didn't, I never, you know, didn't feel good enough as, as a kid, like always judge myself and stuff like that. So a lot of self-confidence issues that that kid is, is dealing with almost like the same thing, just in a different way. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to know that we are all, they're all struggling with a very similar thing. And when you open the door up for this effective communication and, and, and you humble yourself, that just gives the other person permission to open up as well. And effective communication is established and both parties are healed. This goes with the parent and child as well. Um, does it not? It, it certainly does. Um, the parent-child relationship is what I focus on in my teachings. It's what I focus on when I talk to people. And that's, that, that, that is number one. Regardless of anything else, that parent-child relationship must be preserved. Um, and just like with helping children that like you just described, it comes out in either way. It could be, and it's, yeah, fear. If we're, if we're living in fear, 
um, our brain isn't functioning. We're not in our critical thinking brain. We're in that uh, survival brain. So everything's a threat. We take everything as a threat um, and this and that. So yeah, it's about helping people feel safe. In the, you, know, you want your child to feel safe in the parent-child relationship at a school. We want our children to feel safe. We want our, you know, and when we don't feel safe, that's when we see behaviors from the kids and adults. And we, you know, when you see someone in the grocery store yelling at somebody, well, there something's triggered within them, right? And it's that to me, that's what it is. Comes down to is people um, are just take their stuff out on other people. Yeah. All right, we're going to wrap this up in a in a few minutes here. I'd like to ask, um, what is your message? to uh, parents and, and I guess um, child, like children that are growing up uh, where they're the next generation to basically pave the way um, for future generations and, and the way the world is evolving. Like children are a big deal and, 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 young, and when they become young adults, they have a big responsibility now because they're put into a position where they can really start to make a difference in this world. So what would your message be to um, say young adults and, and, and parents uh, for that matter, just to make, you know, set, set their kid up for, you know, a great successful future, but also one where they can be more impactful and, and, you know, perhaps leave a, a legacy um, for future generations? Um, it starts with, uh, for all these years, you always hear about, you know, what are you going to do? Parents ask their kids, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? In school, what are you going to do? I think the biggest thing, let's switch our mindset to um, what problems do you see at any age? What problems do you see in the world? What, what problems do you think you could solve? That could be counseling. That could be plumbing. That could be baking. It, it, and to me, we put too much emphasis on certain jobs and careers like these people are, are so special and others aren't but you look at this pandemic it proved that the gas station attendance just as you know as important as the guy delivering food um so letting our children realize that we all have a gift we all have strengths and weaknesses and you know what problems do you want to solve and how can me as a parent how can i help you get there what do you need from me to you know, help you on your path. Because young people right now today, more than ever, on their phones, they have the answers. So as parents, it's no longer like how it used to be where that was the only message they were receiving. Kids, are, they, are, they know everything going on at a very young age. So as a parent, my message to parents is you gotta adapt. You, got, you can't resist it. You can't resist what's happening and be like, oh, I wish this wasn't the way, because it is the way. Um, so we got to adapt. Young people are the future um, more than ever. Um, and things are shifting. And I think coming out of this pandemic, things will never be the same that they were before. Uh, and we got to be prepared for that. And we got to, uh, you know, get our mindset on right to, to be able to be successful, which to me is just uh, feeling good about ourselves and feeling that we can impact the world. And that could be in any way. Totally makes sense. I love the question reframing from what is it you want to do to what problems do you see in the world? See, that makes so much sense. I personally could never answer, like I could answer what I want to do, but it just never fit in the model of, yeah. you know, in this box that, you know, people want to put you in of what you can and can't do. Here's your little, here's your, you know, 
your six options in this box. It just doesn't exactly. work that way. We have to think outside of the box. Our mind is meant to expand. It's consciousness. So that's where we need to evolve. And yes. So uh, Mike, where can um, people find, find you and, and, and learn more about your work? I have, I have a website uh, myself and my partner, uh, Life Upgrades Our Business. So uh, www.mylifeupgrade.ca. You'll find information about there, about me and my work and my partner Heather's work. I'm also active on written social media platforms. Uh, Facebook is where I spend a lot of my time. I have a Facebook parenting group called Empowered Parenting, Creating a Healthy Parent-Child Relationship. So what I do on, so, in that group is, is I provide free resources, free support, and just to, I just want to get my message out there and help people. And then when people want to do more, they reach out to me and that's how I can work with them. So yeah, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on my website. I'm on LinkedIn. I got YouTube and starting. So I'm around. So I think at this point, if someone Google searches me, I, I pop up, which is, which is good. That was always my goal is trying to get out there. So yeah. And then, um, yeah, I just want people to know I'm not someone who, if you reach out to me, I'm going to just pressure you to work with me. If you want to work with me, great. If you don't, that's fine as well. Uh, I think it's all about just people feeling safe. And that's what I strive to do in my work and in my message that I spread. Awesome, Mike. Hey, well, it's been an honor to have you on the show. And the value you just shared, I think, is very beneficial for um, people who are listening, especially if they're uh, parents and of that nature. So uh, Mike, we'll, we'll have to have you on another time uh, later this year, because uh, this is a great episode. And so, yeah, everybody uh, go search Michael if you're into his work and uh, say hi. Uh, he's a great uh, friendly uh, networker. So that is it for the show. Uh, take care, everybody, and let's get empowered. It's blessings, everybody.